This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, do you need to turn up for 90 minutes? And United lamenting late lapses. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. I'm Tom Duthie and podcasting alongside me today are Alan Temple. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. And George, I've got a question for you, Cran. Oh no. <laughs> George, you were at Den's last night. Yes. Uh, I've just about warmed up. I watched it on the Gaelic channel and if you want to speak Gaelic, don't do it in my presence. It's a language I can't abide, but that's only an opinion. <laughs> it's a language you can't understand. No, I, I can't distinguish words, but that's a, that's a whole other podcast. But I'm 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 a ban the Gaelic man. I, I put it out there, and I, I don't care who I offend. It's not my language. Never has. We've just lost three listeners from the Highlands and Islands. Aye. And two of them are called Hamish. This is an, a, an agenda <laughs> I did not expect. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, I've gone off at a tangent. Anyway, George, he's turned into Farage. I know. My, my, uh, my. Farage. Sounds quite good. It's just a shame about Nigel. Eh? <laughs> anyway, George, my question for you this week is: If Dundee were a chocolate, which one would it be? And if you say Quality Street, you're out, out that door. Because <laughs> I watched 120 minutes and penalties last night. Uh, you should have asked me this before and I would have come up with something. But Something witty? Yes. I'm, I'm hoping he's got a punchline. It sounds like he's lead up to a joke. Has I he got a punchline? I've, I've, Has to be soft centre. Well, Marco. Because <laughs> for all the football they played in the whatever cup last night... Or the Who Cares Cup, perhaps, more accurately. That's what they're saying now. Man. That's what they're saying this morning. <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've got to play when you don't have the ball. That, pff, how easy is it for teams to get from their own half to the edge of the Dundee yeah, box? It's an issue, I think. And that's not necessarily a criticism of the midfielders who played last night, because let's be, let's be fair, some great creative talent there, as we saw with the young lad Cameron, and if... These players could do everything. Chelsea would have signed them after 10 games for 106 million. <laughs> I th- well, maybe. Is this just a reason why people don't play 4 4 2 anymore? Because that's what they played last night. And they went for it and it worked really well for 77 minutes. When does 4 4 2 mean you can't tackle in the middle no, of the park? No, it just means you have a, a, a one less player in there. Well, run quicker then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it's, I mean, everybody thought that game was done. I, th- I, I get the feeling that. The 22 players on the park probably thought that game was done until Akio scored that header. You're not in your late 50s and have watched Dundee for 50 like, odd of them. To be fair, I was saying. Well, uh, me and I were texting each other from across the country going, Nah, nah, nah. Need to score the third goal. Yeah, I, I, well, actually, I did say that. I've seen this movie before when they hit the bar, hit the post, hit the goalie. 2 0 up. Their own player cleared one off the line. Goals missed. Missed, I've never seen a team miss so many chances um, and the goals they conceded were pretty poor uh, William Accio scored I thought he was he was pretty awful throughout the entire game and then but he's the one that kicked things off for Wraith he had the energy then, didn't he I thought, yeah. he I thought he brought energy and drive and a kind of directness to the mm. game I don't think he's a 
technically wonderful footballer, but no, you can see he, why people like like he, brought he, him across. He, he seemed to bring energy but to a game just as Dundee lost their energy. Yeah. You know, with the substitutions they made and maybe the slight th- those alteration in shape. Yeah. You know? I think Dundee thought oh, we've got in terms of him and the, the race team. I think they they just thought we're better than them. We've we've shown that we've won this game, and then took their eye off the ball and and paid, uh, paid the Alan price. Says, as long as commendable. As long as the opposition's show energy and it's only 2-0, there's still a chance. Exactly. I mean, all they needed one chance to go in and then suddenly the game completely changed. And then Wraith could have won it ah, before no, the 90th minute. Uh, and then in the extra time, it reverted back to Dundee being well on top and Wraith just sitting in. Yeah, for all my rants. Missing chances. For all my rants, Bear, is this not, was that not a performance? And I know there's changes, there's changes from the league mm. team and it's a cup that doesn't matter as much to the teams that are chasing promotion. But was that not a game that summed up Dundee's season so far? Because for a long period, they looked a level above the opposition. And then for another long period, they stopped playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it was a long period they stopped playing, Tom. I think George is right. If it was a boxing match, the referee would have stepped in after about 40 minutes and went, game yeah. up, time up. You're, I would have said to Wraith, at least you, you have to you've, start you've, throwing you've punches. You've taken enough, but it wasn't a boxing match. And mm-hmm. You know, as Greaves, you always used to say, it's a funny old game, mate. And as soon as they get the goal, the pendulum swings massively. And Dundee, you're right enough, it's a snapshot of Dundee's season where they absolutely dominate, dominated Wraith Rovers and played some. The second goal is a fantastic goal. Fantastic footballing goal. You know, and and they're they're so far on top and, and Cameron's running the show in midfield. And then the second half this did start to slide a bit, but still, when you're 2 nothing up, you expect them to see the game out. Um, and then for them to collapse in the, in the manner they did for that sort of period, you know, maybe, maybe 20, 25 minutes towards the end, we're ready to get the, 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 the first goal, and then they get the second goal, they could go on and win the game. And then Dundee just sort of take a shake to himself again at half time, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, at full time. And then dominate extra time, I've got to say, bar the last couple of minutes we raised about five corners in the last few minutes of extra yeah. time. Dundee have got three or four good chances to go and, yeah. go and win the game again. And it's, it's something that's in Dundee's makeup, which which isn't clever. And it's, it's cost them a lot in games. The, the game against our growth as well, you know, the, the, the poor defensive mm. decisions. You know, you've got to be able to see the game. Now, maybe there might have been reasons for it. Obviously, Big Ashgrove has to go off and... Him and Sweeney have been playing particularly well yeah. the last few weeks. And I saw it coming with Ashcroft. He, he ventured way up. The, you're winning 2 nothing. What's your centre half doing, making a run deep into the opposition half? He's, he's finding he's not going to be a pass it to. He ends up lunging in for a challenge on their 18-yard box. And I looked at him and thought, there's something up here because he wasn't running back. He was walking. In, and if you anybody knows Lee Ashcroft, yeah. if, he makes, if he loses yeah. the ball, he runs back. So they've got him off. I don't know what the situation is on that, George. But, Maybe you'll be able to tell us a bit later on. But as I for noticed the, he was still sitting on the bench for, yeah. next to time, so hopefully yeah. it's not something that needed. Work, yeah, you know, get him in the team. Hopefully right they got him off quickly. The, the, there was no mention after the game because we were kind of a bit shocked yeah. by the, the news on Killian Sheridan. Well, it was, it was that, really that, bad. Yeah. To be fair, that, that, I'll, I'll go into that, but as for you still should be able to lose your centre half and see the game out quite yeah. comfortably. And they just lose it in the penalty. It looks like every ball mm-hmm. that's going into the Dundee mm-hmm. penalty box is going to end and up in a Wraith Rovers goal. And you see, For a team that was so much on top and dominating, how did they go from that side of the performance yeah. 
to the complete opposite. I don't know. I mean, this is something I'm quite sensitive to because for the first half, over well, the first two, three months of this season, I covered a team uh, that conceded so many goals mm -hmm. from uncontested cross balls. And I had flashbacks here at that Wraith yeah. Rovers leveller. It is, honestly, it is such an awful, awful goal to lose. It's a relatively quick throw, but not lightning quick by William Accio. And then goes to Dylan Easton. You know the boy's got a wand. Two different Dundee players stare at him as he shapes up a cross and whips one in. Five yards, give him five yards space to whip in that cross. And then Sam Stanton ghosts, get Sam Stanton, what, five foot ten if he's on a good day, uh, ghosts in and gets a free header. It is an atrocious goal to lose and was just indicative of a period of the game where just, as Bear says, they just completely lost the run of themselves, mm -hmm. just stopped doing... And it's a cliche, but they stopped doing the basics, mm. right? Which will, I'm sure, infuriate yeah. Gary Boyer. He was um, maybe that Ashcroft injury impacted more than thought because they're short, really short in the fullback position. Because mm -hmm. Clampen got injured, he yeah. took a really bad one on Saturday. He was going to play at left back, and obviously Cami would move, Cami Kerr would move to right back. The only fullback, the actual fullback that had fit after Ashcroft went off was. Cammy Kerr because mm -hmm. McGee had stepped in at right yeah. back or I think he's pretty good at right back McGee's, McGee's he played a, a lot of games yeah. McGee's yeah. played in the Premier League as a right back but they're missing Tyler French is obviously out for the season yeah. and Jordan Marshall's out at the moment and Josh Mulligan was stepping it's in still, at right back I, I mean you can tell me George uh, the, the Draith Rovers don't have three or four substitutes on their two, uh, yeah they had two, two outfield, outfield subs two outfield players Dundee must have had about seven or eight <laughs> it was, ah. so, it was uh, quite yeah, comical we're going yeah. to moan about no having no, I know. players I'm ah. just saying yeah. in terms of actual full backs and yeah. defenders they, and they were a bit shaken up I think with Ashcroft going up not only that Rovers brought on one of their substitutes after 35 minutes so it they was, went there most yeah. of the, they had most yeah. of the game with one outfield player in the match it was, it was quite comical at half time because Jimmy McDonald I think is carrying an injury so he didn't bother doing a warm up so <laughs> just one guy yeah you had Dylan Easton and <laughs> they had to get the fitness coach Blair yeah. Doherty that used to be at Dundee uh, just kicking balls between the uh, two of them well, so Somebody tell you what, it worked. Dylan came ah, on and, and uh, changed the game, so. scored the winning penalty. Ah. But, I, mean, George, I understand the point you made about football. I go back to my soft centre joke that if you're if you're struggling in a position, the man next to him yeah. or the man in front of yeah, him, yeah, definitely, usually goes closer. Yeah, mm -hmm. but they, they just don't. And I, as I say, I have to stress because the lot of football and talent in the Dundee midfield. Mm. And, and maybe this goes more to the, the, the sort of signing policy. It's loads of football, t football and talent, but you need somebody there with a defensive mind. Yeah. Even if, even if it's not him that goes across and helps out the makeshift fullback, or or Cami cares on the wrong side of the park for him. He's saying to somebody, yeah, he's saying to the man left or right of him, you get closer mm. to them, you give them a bit of cover, a bit of help. There doesn't seem to be any of that. Yeah. Well, the, I think that I'd look back at how easy it was for Dundee throughout most of the game I think they just thought they had it won because yeah. they were far better than Wraith Rovers I mean that's As another thing about the goals they lost late on watching it on the, on the telly when Wraith were attacking or had a corner for most of the game I was thinking well if you defend this properly the way you're playing it's a great chance to counter attack yeah. and they looked at I mean, it, you, there was always danger mm. if Wraith lost the ball in the Dundee half and suddenly it just evaporates yeah maybe they, they were thinking that as well but it's definitely it's a massive obviously not the competition that, that 
is the priority. So that's a big lesson they have to learn in the league because that we've seen so many. T- I've seen covered the championship for so many years that I've seen so many games where a team goes two 0 up, three 0 up after half an hour and is absolutely uh, running the show, and then it ends up a draw because the other team comes back and 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 they lose their whatever defensive. Uh, strength they have I've seen it so many times and I've Dundee have to, to avoid that, that I've completely. got to say I mean there's a couple of things as well that seem to be a recurring theme um, just on Lyle Cameron absolutely magnificent he was brilliant yeah. player in that first 30 40 minutes different class should have had running the yeah, show was, yeah. but he fell out of the game hmm. young boy and, and he's, you've got another guy alongside hmm. him who tends to do that as well and he did that last night again Luke McKibben drifts in and out of, drifts in and out of hmm. the game but that's when you See, when the, the, the game swings, that's when you need everybody sort of going, come on, we need to step up. We can't have any yeah. any sort of passengers here. It's also a fact that I don't know at half-time if Alec Jakubiak was injured or it was just a, pl- a pre-plan to get Zach Gromson 45 minutes. Mm. And maybe at 2 nothing, maybe uh, uh, Gary Boyer thought, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get him on. We're well on top. And after watching that first half, you would think, you know, that even with Zach Robinson on, um, they, they could do a job. But they're putting on stuff that's usually like confetti Dundee yeah, at yeah. this point in time and it's disrupting the play, I think, sometimes. And now the word last night, Ashcroft has to go off, he's injured. Sheridan has to go off, he's injured. But it's ridiculous that you, you, you run out of substitutes. I mean, you get, was it five substitutes yeah. you're looking yeah. on and they ran out before full time. And I sometimes think that maybe... We get six because you get extra. Yeah, well, they have to wait. They have to wait to get match thing thing when you go down to ten. It was really strange, Tommy. So... I like seeing it's worked for Gary Boy in the past where the substitutes case in point the Queen's Park game where the substitutes come yeah. on give him a wee spurt and they, and they, they make an impact but was, he seems to be having there's never any less than three or four mm. substitutes going on this yeah. Yeah. that goes against the, the grain for a lot of managers yeah. you don't put not so many players in fairness there is a, a th- maybe maybe you had too much trust in these players last night yeah. but it's that kind of cup where well yeah. Try to get everybody game time. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. to say, you saw Zach Robinson has been come up and he's been proclaiming. He, he came around the back of the goal last night to warm up. You got a standing ovation. Uh-huh. Now, anybody who watched Zach Robinson on that pitch last night, you could see he's still got the twists and the turns and he's holding the ball in. He's a mile away from yeah. Matt Sharpness. He yeah. got a couple of balls played into him. He was on his heels. He didn't, and that's not going to come overnight. Yeah. So there's a worrying theme as well for Dundee is that. The strikers aren't scoring any goals. You've touched mm-hmm. on it with articles, George. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see it again, you know, last night Cameron gets two goals. You see it in the Queen's Park games, Ben Williamson, Jakubiak, or it gets in with a chest and knocks one in. I think it's, it's Sweeney. The four goals against Dunfermline's were all scored by wide men or, or midfielders. I looked at uh, Big Kwame Thomas last night, did a good job again, brought him in, holds the ball up, flicks the ball on. Missed a big chance. He doesn't get many chances with George. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's getting into situations where he can actually score a goal. That one he was through. It was a good save for the young lad in the goal. Thompson, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Had a good game, Larry. But, you know, we spoke about Paul, Mc, Paul McMullen's goals carried Dundee for a bit. Yeah, they did, But they've yeah. started to die up now. But could do with some of the strikers getting in on the act. Yeah. Like, killer touches is missing completely. And, and a funny way, the games like last night heap more pressure on them because... When they play, and maybe there's a bit of bias here, but when they play like they did in the first half hour, 35 minutes, it's not a team in that division. It's close yeah. to them. Yeah. And they showed that and against Queen's so, Park. So if, I, if they don't go up at the end of the season, I know I know. me as a fan, I'll say, what have you done? Mm-hmm. And, and we were talking, you've, you've got a very interesting start because Hamilton last week, resurgent Hamilton, but they're still down near the bottom. 
How many points now is that they've dropped? They've, they've dropped 14 points against the bottom four this season. Oh, wow. So that includes Morton because Morton have just dropped into <laughs> bottom four. Good start. So that is a worry. I mean, they've in the, they've been in decent form of late. Obviously, they to beat Queens Park convincingly. Convincingly, if I can say that convincingly, but I can't. They beat Air convincingly. Came from behind to beat Partick on their own patch. And that's the that's the top four. They have no problem against oh. those teams. It almost speaks to something we've said before, which is. This is almost a team better set up for the bigger games. Mm-hmm. It has, yeah. you know, I'm not saying big time Charlie's around, but it has it has players who have the capabilities to raise themselves for a game that gets built up all week as a battle of promotion contenders. They'll do themselves justice on mm-hmm. those occasions. Whereas maybe when a team just comes and defends and sits in and makes it difficult, that you know, yep. so it's a very different challenge. But that's 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 fascinating. That's I, I was, yeah, I, I believe now sort of. 23, 24 games into the season, you can take these things as a, mm-hmm. you know, more of a, uh, it's a, a sample size says, now. They're sitting third. They should be mm-hmm. runaway leaders. Uh-huh. And, and that, that, puts, uh, that has to put pressure on them because oh, they've got to be thinking, what, what, what are we doing here battling to get to the top of the league? Yeah, is yeah, is well, the one positive thing the, the the minutes people got yesterday? Like, you know, I'm thinking Maguire, Robinson, yeah, Tolage. Robinson definitely. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, you wouldn't want to be putting these guys in Dry in a in a massive mm-hmm. league match at yeah. least, uh, and I liked I liked the fact, for example, Tolage t- took a penalty on his yeah. debut and stuff because he would he have, quite you often. know, yeah. doesn't look quite ready. I don't think no, like, I you can see why he's out on loan when and he, he's when he came on, he, he looks quite a slight guy as well. He's, he doesn't look like he has a lot of weight, and there was a couple of challenges, and they weren't particularly physical challenges, but he didn't win the ball, and, uh. and, the, and the the fans were sort of going, you know, you're going to get stuck in so in the turn, but then he showed he's got something. Mm-hmm. Just uh. I mean, a couple of Nice long range passes, a couple of good things. He's getting into areas in the box, not clear cut scoring chances, but in fact, he stepped up to take a penalty. He, he, he looked a bit, there was there was one chance where he should have went down the, the line or on his right foot and he tried to cut back when the space wasn't there. Yeah. He could he could see he's, he's got a lot to learn, but you could see the bits where why he's at Brighton as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Interested to see more of him, but uh, Robinson. You could see he's he's not he's only played yeah. five minutes since the mid November. People forget. People think he's been away for a month, so you'll be. He didn't play for about six weeks before that. You exactly. know, he was injured because yeah. he was injured. So he's he's he's, he's a bit away, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's there. I'll come. I'll, we'll come for him. But uh, yeah. you know, they need others to really step in and, and uh, you know get the goals and get the points that are going to get. I mean, obviously, worryingly on Saturday, I, I noticed that Queens Park have managed to arrange a game against. Morton yeah. on Saturday. They're playing Morton, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a tough one for them to go into Capolo, but uh, you'd kind of expect them to win that. The, the yeah. Morton have been kind of off the boil yeah. lately, so, so that so I always think Capolo is a tough place to go. To yeah, get anything, you know, but, but I could, I could see obviously Dundee playing heap, on Sunday. Like we'd heap pressure on Dundee yeah. if, yeah. if they were to get a win. Games in hand are are sometimes nice, but if the gap gets too big, it, yeah. become, it becomes a sort of yeah. a slog for you, doesn't it? Yeah, and as George has pointed out, and fourteen points to the teams at the bottom. They lost the Cove. They <laughs> yeah. lost the Cove. They cannot drop any more points to Cove Rangers. No, a part-time football. No disrespect, but Cove have, have shown going to Park Thistle. That Hartley's, you know, he's been in there a few. They, they took a couple of patients from here, but you always know Paul Hartley's going to get them sorted out. So it'll be tough. It'll be mm-hmm. tough against Cove, but you would think well, what Dundee you've got in the tank, and you know the, the way they're playing. If they go and play like they did in the first, like you say, you win the game. There has every team is going to have a spell in the game. It doesn't matter how much you've been on top, they are going to have chances. 
It's up to you to make sure that when they do get their chances, they do not score. They certainly do not come back from two goals. That's just not. No, right. exactly. The, the Hamilton game was interesting. Obviously, it's not talk too much about that, but yeah. um, they look a different team in, in, to what they were in the first half mm -hmm. of the season. Certainly, much better defensively. But it was just another of what these long lines of Dundee games were. They, they should have won. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll throw another stat. It's, expected goals that some people like some people don't but Hamilton's expected goals in that game was 0.1 <laughs> which tells you Dundee were only 1.1 which may I've be a bit short on the domination I mean, they if you can get a chance to have a look at the footage it's a bit grainy if you see it on YouTube the goal is a peach it's a yeah. sensational strike from the, the young lad at Hamilton you know to, mm. especially on Arsenal turf where you're you know yeah. The, yeah. You just to whip it off the top of that surface and put it in the top corner what a, what a strike but as George says Second well, half, second half Dund Dundee dominate. It's all played in there, huh? They go yeah. in front. You expect them to go and win the game. Although, what I will say is, when I got to the last five minutes, they were pressing a wee bit too much to the point that Hamilton were breaking and had sort of overloads and things like that, but yeah. didn't really use it. So, you know, maybe you're, you're showing a bit of a sort of tendency to but no, leave themselves yeah. too wide open at times. But you're right, Tom. I think they're starting to put pressure on themselves now, I think. Because it's getting to the point where people are noticing how many chances they're missing and how, how mm, they're yeah. letting chances slip in terms of games, not just the opportunities in the matches. And uh, things, things that have got to affect you. And, and as I say, but so far we've been quite critical, but we're critical based on we see how decent a team they can be uh, and often are. But let's see some 90-minute performances. And also, it, I mean, as Bear says, I mean, part of, part of football is when it's not your spell that you're on top, mm -hmm. it's what you do then. And I, mm -hmm. and I must admit, I thought last night, even even before Wraith scored, I just thought, this is too e easy for them to get to the final third. Yeah, mm -hmm. They were having a bit of possession. They weren't threatening in the box. But you're like, well, you don't, you don't want that. You don't want to say, oh, well, the, the defence is dealing with it. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you need is You need a... And as I also say, I think... Looking at the place, because I thought the laddie Cameron, sensational on the ball. And he'll maybe improve defensively, but he's never going to be no. the defensive player. He's a playmaker. And he? Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a good footballer. And, and you need that back. You need to, I mean, if he had, for example, I mean, Dundee fans will hate this more than Gaelic speakers hate me just now, <laughs> but if he had a Callum Butcher beside him last night, Dundee win that game 2-0. Mm. And it, I mean, Alan saw Hearts closely when they got promoted. The thing about them was, it wasn't that they dominated the whole game, mm -hmm. it's that they were yeah. never dominated in no. a game. <laughs> and and United did that. The, the season, United went up under Robbie Nielsen. Understandably, the name on everyone's lips was Lawrence Shankland. But I saw a lot of them uh, in the run-up to their promotion then. And Butcher was a very close second. Because he went out and he stopped in the middle of the park. His focus was on whoever I'm up against, they're not going to play. Mm. And whoever's beside me, they're going to have to do the same to there. And and I just think Dundee lack that kind of player in their midfield. They do. I mean, they brought in Bar Barry Maguire as a kind of defensive midfield, but he's more a kind of ener energetic getting around the pitch. They've got Sean Byrne, who's not, again, he's back on the bench and he's not been featuring. Mm -hmm. He can do a bit of that. Crossing my mind last night. He can do a bit of that. He, he'll get. He's no. Just ask Stephen. Stephen Naismith is no problem kicking boys when it, when it matters. That I mean, go back to that previous season when they won promotion. That 
didn't end up being that important again, but it was a big performance against Hearts. And that came from right at the start, Sean Bourne crunched Stephen Naismith and mm-hmm. it got everyone going. And yeah, I think you're right, they don't don't have that when he's he's on the bench, but I don't know, he doesn't seem a favourite of Gary Boyer. I think we've seen that all, all season, to be honest. Yeah, he's shown he can get back in the team. I thought Ben came on and did well last night, but I thought when the first goal goes in, the substitution is get Cameron off right there and then and bring yeah. Sean Byrne on and put him alongside mm-hmm. Maguire and you've yep. got two sort of holding midfielders. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you just let the boys up front go and do what you want, but we're just going to sit in here in front of the back four and just sit nice and tight. You yeah. Know, I'm, I'm not the manager. Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest, I thought exactly the same thing. When you're looking at central midfielders on the bench, I'm not entirely sure why they don't bring on a central midfielder, go 4 5 1, mm-hmm. get a compact, yeah. get a compact yeah. three in the middle of the park right in front of your back four and uh, tell the wingers to yeah, s- yeah. and see how agile. I, I thought. I didn't th- like. Don't get me wrong. There are games where the momentum shifts a little yeah. bit, and you maybe it's maybe imperceptible. And before you know it, you've conceded a goal. That was the exact opposite. Yeah. You could you could see that final ten minutes coming a mm. country mile yeah. away, yeah. and it just felt a little bit yeah. passive in terms of doing something about it. But you know, if if that is going to be a criticism, if that's something that's going to happen, then the I suppose you, you wanted to happen when last the first night. Rafe goal went in was extra time. Danger, danger, because mm-hmm. you could see it. Yes. You did, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and I've got. Uh, but I've got to say, to them, it goes to extra time. Wraith have got the momentum, and right from the kickoff, the keeper starts slowing the play down. Looking, he's just looking for yeah. penalties. I'm like, what are you doing, son? Your team's on top. I think he's going to win this game. <laughs> Go for it. But they yeah. sat back and allowed Dundee to get in the game, and Dundee took the, the opportunity. And Mc- Luke McKim's got Mc- to score the first one through on the I keeper. You know, he knows that. I think. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, he's still he's still running at that point in the game. He does a lot of work with that. Uh. But uh, yeah, but Dundee got the upper hand again in extra time. As I say, by yeah. the last couple of minutes. And you feel, I mean, in a way, I feel guilty at this criticism because you want. It's great to see so many good footballers, guys who are great with the ball, but there has to be a bit of pragmatism, yeah. doesn't there? Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to, you have to make sure you've got the right people there for when you don't have the ball. Well, you just have to hope it's a lesson learned in terms of the guys on the pitch. And, and my worry is it's mid, because the league's what's important. Last night, I mean, I'd, I'd for, to be honest. I forgot about it, <laughs> and uh, I was I was thinking about it yesterday morning. I was uh, I was out with a mate who's a big Dundee fan as well, and we were speaking about it. And then I forgot. And then fifteen minutes before kickoff, it's like, oh, it's on Alba, <laughs> so I watched it. It's on that channel, as I call it. <laughs> uh, so I watched it. So it's not the most important no, no, game in the world. But but again, being a Dundee fan, yeah. you've always got that yeah. sort of sense of doom yeah. hovering over it. It's yeah. a cloud just above your head and it says doom on it. And I was just thinking, oh, just but in the you want to win the game once it starts. And you just think, oh, this is what you keep doing. Yeah. Just stop showing how good you are for part of a game. <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, I haven't read George's feature earlier in the week, you know, where he basically said teams that win this cup rarely go on and win the, t- win the uh, title. Th- th- that crossed my mind. So I, I'm, I'm thinking about that. So, you know, it's always in the back of your mind, the constellations. If, if there was one game they had to win this week, it, it certainly, if they're only going to win one yeah. game, it wasn't last night's game, it's Sunday's game. Definitely. They do that. Only thing they do is, because of they've, they've, they've been in such command and they're two goals up and they've allowed Wraith to come right back into the game. Teams now, they've got two nothing up against Cove Rangers <laughs> on Sunday. They'll think... Yeah, make a rod for your got a chance. Yeah. At least yeah. look fit. I mean, is it the more you the do that, thing? the more they show you ah. you're sort of weaker side. You know, you're a, I don't want to say you're Achilles heel because we've not touched once mm, yeah. in Sheridan yet. But, ah. um, yeah, but that's if you show that, teams will 
teams will, will keep mm-hmm. at you. Um, but going to, to Sheridan, obviously, George, that's a real, real struggle for them. Aye, got it for him because he's worked, I think, what was it, 11 months at the yeah. time he was out previously with uh, ruptured Achilles tendon. I mean, there's no, the other one. Yeah, there's no confirmation that he's ruptured it, but it yeah. sounds like it's, it's quite. I mean, that's, I think I thought it was the same injury, but you're saying no. it's the other. Achilles. Remarkable, isn't it? Um, so came, innocuous too. He just put his foot yeah, down. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, a, bit, he, it wasn't he, a long he, step he or anything. To, he knew straight. Oh, right. Yeah, he could. He could tell at the time that. Yeah, he, he, he looked obviously extremely upset at that, as you'd imagine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's going to be out for for a long, long time. It sounds like he's out of contract, like yeah. the rest of the squad, at the end of the season. But Gary Boyer said they'll get him right. So um, it's just a, a big shame because. It wasn't everyone's favourite, but yeah, I, th- I think he showed over the past few weeks that he added something. He was, he was a bit different to the other strikers to have. Obviously, good in the air, but he could run as well, which His I think experience, helped. He hits, he yeah, always seem to help people around him. Aye, um, and it, yeah, he's, he's a good influencer in the, the, the dressing room. So it's, it's a big shame for him. And that's two players now they've got out for extended. Obviously, they've got the squad to cope with it, but. You don't want that happening too much. Just as well, they've got another 18 forwards. (laughs) Yeah. And just before we finish with Dundee, one final moan. Who let Max Anderson take a penalty? He's a young boy. Don't. Mm. I'm going to defend Max Anderson here. I'm not criticising, in this instance, I'm definitely not criticising Max Anderson. Well done for stepping up. But see, he missed a penalty. I'm right in saying that, am I not? He missed a penalty. No, no. Did he not? None of the none of the Dundee had missed their last four penalties that none of those takers were on the pitch. Oh, I beg his pardon. Yeah. Now, in that case, I totally scrubbed that. Well done for him. I, I had it in my head that he'd missed one at St. Man. My, I, I've got this thing that if a young boy misses a penalty, next time... It was Cameron. It was Cameron that missed oh, it. It was Cameron. Yeah. Well, I, my apologies to the Dundee staff. Well done. He was <laughs> off, mind you. Couldn't take yeah. it. So It wasn't a great penalty, I have to say. No. Was, uh, you know what it was a well struck penalty but it's a height the keeper yeah. will get to it you know nine times if he goes the right way I think Jordan, uh, Jordan McGee's penalty wasn't a, wasn't a great but the keeper dives the other way yeah. and looks look, in the mm. back of the net Zach Robinson hits the post so, it was just summed up the entire night you know it's, it's, one of, it's, it's one of these the, the way the penalties go Dundee it's, it's Dundee are 3-2 up there's two penalties left Dundee missed two they scored two and, and you're out <laughs> and obviously it's like, because the way Dundee had the, the stand set up last night and there was no one in the south enclosure the Bobby Cox stand, stand was absolutely rammed and you could feel <laughs> the air and disappointment you know, you know what, the well, well done to Dundee the way that it looked like a right good crowd last night yeah. and then I worked on oh, no, that that bit's closed yeah, that was, yeah, so no. they did it well because it, yeah. it gave, it good, gave it an atmosphere yeah, last week, did, last week, last good, week. decent turnout from Wraith and well done to them yeah. they, they just they just stuck at it yeah, was a I mean, they, they could that's have, what teams that's yeah. what yeah. Scottish teams in the lower divisions do right, well to be fair to, to the Wraith partners they could have left yeah. Yeah. at half time or just after half time when they saw the way they booed their team off at half time because they were that poor but um, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? I know. And then at <laughs> the end of the penalty shootout, but no, as two penalty shootouts in a row, it's hugely frustrating that the goalie's set them up. He's made a save yeah. and set them up, and they've not taken that chance again. Because Adam Langston saved the first penalty in the Simmons shootout, and then Dundee didn't it's score unusual, any. It's unusual. I haven't been a goalkeeper. Normally, if you can get your save in first, you momentum, yeah. yeah. 
I'm sure with it, having the stats in front of me, I'm sure the stats would show if you get your save and first and get your nose in front and apparently shoot, you will go on and yeah. win that shoot. But as, as a former goalkeeper, did you ever indulge in the sledging of the penalty taker? Because I quite enjoyed no, Robbie I'd, Thompson last night in terms yeah, of the, the patter he was giving. Yeah, he was, doing a, he was giving a bit of that, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was playing for penalties, to be fair. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, be fa- to be fair, if you're Scott Thompson's son, between yeah. the sticks or Wraith Rovers, penalties is very much your jam, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he had, a, he had a few good saves during the game as well, I thought. You know, he did, he, he, he did well. You do what you think things best. I just just sort of picked the corner, and it was much easier hmm. because in my day, you, you, there was times you were only about two yards away for the penalty to take a ball. You wouldn't even get right. You know, and nowadays when you're on your line, it makes it much more difficult. Every time Bear was in a penalty shootout, he swapped his boots for running spikes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> straight for the penalty. Spot. Two good penalties, though. Ben Williamson, great penalty, low driven keeper dives the right way but doesn't get anywhere near it yeah. because it's well struck. Toalise, play straight in the corner. Aye. Keeper doesn't get. Have you? Have you got? Have you on your line and you can't move? And you, you know, goals twenty four foot wide. You are not going to get into that corner if somebody places mm. it inside that post. Even if you dive that way, you're not going to get there. There we go. But hopefully, against Cove on Sunday, am I right with that one? Yes. <laughs> Max Anderson won't take a penalty <laughs> hopefully against Cove on Sunday we'll get the 90 minute performance yeah. we're, we'll all know Absolutely. that will do Dundee United Alan no chocolate questions you'll be glad to know <laughs> I'm still waiting for your punchline to be honest it'd be, it'd be a terrace chocolate Soft orange <coughs> terrace <coughs> chocolate orange oh, it's a, uh, well if there was a question what, what's, what's United's least favourite programme would be the late show it seems to do them, doesn't it? That's a that's a few points now. Yeah, it's um, it's a a talking point, I would say, um, in terms of re- recently how United have kind of lost control of games in the second period of matches. I'm keeping my powder dry in terms of how much of a theme that is to be critiqued or otherwise until there's a, a series of games that don't include matches against Rangers and Celtic who have a uh, such a I mean it has been the top three yeah it, it's a, but and likewise I think the big problem at Tynecastle was I don't believe they've got enough on the bench to make wholesale changes in the second period and uh, maintain the levels um, that were previously there, um, which is a, obviously a question for recruitment and depth. Um, because you look at Hearts at the weekend, and they brought on Garan Kowal, one of the youngest players ever to play at a World Cup, and they brought on somebody capable of scoring from 60 yards. <laughs> so that's depth. Um, so Dundee United don't have that depth, and it's not helped by the fact that they lost Jamie McGrath in the warm up, they lost Peter Paul during the match, they've lost Ian Harks uh, prior to the match. That's three players that all. No hyperbole, all play exactly the same position. They all play on the right side behind Fletcher um, across from Glenn Middleton. It is bizarre and all hamstring injuries. It's three players playing in exactly the same position drop to consecutive identical injuries. Very, very odd. Um, But I guess when your luck's out, your luck's out. So uh, there's not a great deal of depth there and there was plenty of depth and there was plenty of ability to change a game which was already so piled against Dundee United with a red card to Ryan Edwards. So I I find it understandable that supporters aren't keen to be in any way positive about another defeat that leaves you bottom of the league. Totally understand that. But I do also think that if you're 
you would need to be actively negative not to acknowledge a huge improvement in the performance from Kilmarnock a few days earlier. And for that first half, in the context of being away at Tynecastle, I think it might have been the best Dundee United have played this season. Um, they were completely in control of the game against a very good Hearts team and with no exaggeration could and should have gone in 3-0 up including hitting the post when they went down to 10 men it was very, very good um, they just, I would say, ran out of steam pressure told and they didn't have the ability to change it up as I say, I don't necessarily criticise Liam Fox for that I think the, I'm not sure there was enough on the bench to change the game and I'm not sure you can change a game when you've only got 10 men and the momentum of it is so against you but I guess that's why he's a coach he, he, it's his challenge to figure that out but I didn't leave the game negative I, quite the contrary I left that game 100% convinced that if they play the way they did in the first half they will not get relegated they just they won't but the challenge is playing that way for full games because as I say, that is becoming a talking point. And if we get any more matches where Dundee United are good in the first half, but concede a goal in the second half and then concede one or two more in quick succession, then we're getting a pattern. Then you're questioning, is there enough depth? Is the manager making the right changes? But I'm not inclined to be worried about that until we have a sample size that isn't just games against Rangers, Celtic and Hearts. Well, that, that's the positive thing that I had a wee look at the fixture list and obviously it's been tough lately but between now and the split they've only got one game against Rangers the mm -hmm. Hearts and Celtic are done they've finished with them and obviously guessing that they won't make the top six so in the situation that they are in at the minute so that means there's only one game against the top three left which yeah. I think is a positive but obviously you have to go and then win those points as they come up but the fixture list is much kinder going yeah. forward. I mean, you'll know yourself after that great start about how much Dundee struggle against teams towards the bottom mm. of the league. You need to obviously earn the right to beat teams and Dundee United this season haven't earned the right for us to sit here and say, well, those are winnable games. That's a winnable run of fixtures. They're only winnable if you win them. But mm. what it is are opportunities to play teams that United should be able to beat. Whether they do or don't, that's, that's up to the players. But... The league could have a very different hue. In fact, the whole season could have a very different hue after this run of fixtures because if, hypothetically, United beat St Johnston, Bryson's really good for that one. They've, uh, it's a, you know, a celebration of the team that won the first division title and as such, they're, they're in a cute little pricing structure. Of, Premier League? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Well, it was first division at the time, wasn't no, it? No, it's Premier League. Oh, yeah, pardon me, yeah. pardon me. Um, and That's one all after <laughs> Max Anderson, <laughs> full <-fat. laughs> uh And the pricing structure of £19, £8 and... Three pounds should good. get a really yeah. good bumper crowd. The, the shed will be filled with a you know display team, so they're giving themselves every chance for the St Johnston game that comes after this Kilmarnock Cup game at the weekend. Ross County away, Ross County still not clicked. Aberdeen at home, mm -hmm. who knows what Aberdeen will look like yeah. at that moment yeah. in time? Very no, no, hard. You, you want to play Aberdeen right now? Yeah, you? exactly. Yeah. So very hard to to make a, a, an educated judgment on that. And then Livingston away, always a tough game, but Liam Fox first game in charge. They go there and one two one, so they know it's it's possible. So. With a decent points haul and progression to the last eight of the cup, especially if they then get a decent draw in the cup for fans to look forward to, there can be a little bit of positivity. Flip side of that, go out the cup, don't get enough points from this run of games, then you're going, well, if you can't get a run of... This was your winnable run of fixtures. Mm, yeah. So um, now where are we going? So 
Um, I'm reluctant to say that you know a run of fixtures up to the middle of March will define the season because it won't, especially when we split into a, a bottom six where the teams all play each other. But it's a I would say it's defining in the sense of maybe being able to predict whether or not Dundee United will be right in that maelstrom come May. Um, because I think there's still hope within the building that um, when it comes to that bottom six, if Dundee United are in it, they won't be right at the bottom. They'll be one of those sort of um, uh, no mid, exactly mid-table no-man's-land teams. So I think it won't be defining in terms of their survival, but it will be defining in terms of um, what Dundee United's objectives and aims will be when you approach the, the final um, weeks of the season, the, the premiership season, he says, getting one league, <laughs> one league name oh, correct. Well done. <laughs> Mistakes are part of life. Just ask Dundee and Dundee United mm-hmm. fans. There's seen plenty of them this season. <laughs> and Tottenham, I mean, mistake loosely. As you say, this could be a season-defining period for United hopefully in a positive way but blow that they'll lose Ryan Edwards for a couple of games yeah it's I, I mean strange interesting strange one. red card in the sense oh, the reaction yeah. to it has been very mixed it is it is and it'd be interesting obviously what the guys think about it I the press box at Tynecastle oh, Hall of Fame press box one of the one of the best <laughs> in the country in terms of being close to the game like you are you hear the crunches you yeah. you smell the blades of grass it's great stuff but and seeing that in real time we're about 30 yards behind it same eye level I thought it was a great tackle. I thought it was an absolutely fabulous tackle. Like, you know, I thought he went in with the side of his foot and I thought his movement was relatively natural in terms of what a side foot pass would cause your foot to do. And in that motion, he made contact with Andy Halliday. Now, it looked I thought it looked bad on replays, so I'm willing to admit that I might be wrong. But I think some of the comments talking about going out to do him and mm. him knowing exactly what he's doing. Considering I watched it happen in real time, it was a real time 50-50, I think that sort of um, tin pot quasi-psychology is out of order. It was just a, it was a powerful 50-50. Yeah. Only the player out. knows. Exactly. So I just don't think that's helpful for anyone. But I can understand upon the replays why the fast track panel felt that they could justifiably uphold it, which, call me cynical, when VAR's under the microscope, I yeah. think that is their first inclination. Can we uphold this? And I think there was enough yeah. there to do mm. it. Yeah. But some of the reaction from the people that think it is a red card and totally understand if that's your opinion, some of the reaction in terms of what Ryan Edwards was thinking yeah. or his, uh, the motives behind uh, what I thought was an, at the time an all right tackle, I, I think are a bit silly, yeah. to be yeah, honest. Ryan Edwards must be about six foot three, six foot four, 14, 15 stone. He's a big lad. When he goes to the challenges, they're going to hurt. You know yeah. I mean? He's going to feel pelt. They're going to look hard challenges. And I thought at the time, when I looked at it, it was, it was a hard challenge. I think it's a sheer, he's an aggressive player. I think yeah. that, 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 and maybe that's that's the thing, you know, it was overly aggressive. And if you're going to go in overly aggressive, you've got to make sure that it's clear that you have won that ball and have not taken the man as well. You know, so it was a, it was a harsh one, but I could see why it was given but uh, it gives you know this is this is the thing about Dundee United at this point in time the play hearts and the Alan says first half I never saw it but Alan says outstanding you know they're, and they're playing against a heart side who have been turned over by Rangers in the yeah. midweek who are going to come out all guns blazing who are expected to you know take be on the front foot against United and United do exceptionally well and then the game swings on on the sending off a wee bit and then you're playing against this side 
who you know have the capacity yeah. to ramp up the pressure. Hearts are very good at that. When a game's sitting mm. one one, Hearts have got the, the capacity, whether it's on the part or, or from the bench, they've got the depth. And this is the problem. You from the stands it. as well, yeah. their punters get on top of you. This is the problem you need to have got this time. You mentioned Edwards being out, McGrath, Harks, Lev. United's depth of squad is very limited. And you're talking about playing against teams where you're meant to start picking up points. These games have got double the pressure. Because while you play Celtic and Rangers, if you lose that game or a team in the top three or four, you're not really doing yourself any damage because you're still linked into the teams around you. You've only lost three points. But see if you lose the three points to St. Johnson, if you lose the three points to Ross County, they're jumping away from you. So there's 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 added pressure in these games. And I really, as I've mentioned this last week, the depth in this squad really worries me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of the, the red card, I, I felt it was one that, in the old-fashioned system of just a referee making a decision, I think you'd probably get away with it. In terms of the the tackle, I don't think it's a red card, but I think with VAR, I think it's it's a red card. Yeah, I, I think, think it's. I also think it's one it's of those a, strange ones. I thought it was interesting that Andy Halliday went on Clyde Super Scoreboard and basically says he thinks it will probably get uphold, but I hope he, you know, Ryan wins the uh, appeal. And that's the thing that struck me is that it was a fifty-fifty. That see if things had gone a millisecond differently. Andy Halliday's making that exact same challenge, <laughs> probably, uh, you know. Yeah. And there's something again. I, I can understand how you can justifiably keep it a red card, right. but there's something about. And I'm not old father time here, you know. But, you know, but yeah. I, I, there is part of me that just looked at that and thought, can two guys that love a fifty-fifty yeah. no mm. just go in mm. for a fifty-fifty? Andy Halliday yeah. for coming out and saying that because he's one guy who does like to put in a uh, yeah. yeah. challenge. That's but that's why I think when a referee just sees that, just as it happens, I think it's it's probably lets it go, but. Because VAR's looking at over For everything. For me, a key so. was what you mentioned, Alan, which is the shape of it. He did catch him with his studs, but the shape that I always think, even if you get the feeling something's accidental, mm. if the legs going upwards, yeah. and he wasn't, he wasn't, he did catch him with his studs, but I didn't see a boy that was, you know, yeah. extending his leg. For it was, I thought, as I said, I, like I, I thought the, the movement was of a side-footed block mm. tackle like that and I still think the movement's relatively yeah. natural to a side-footed block tackle but when you you know when you've got angles and the as slow the two motion, managers did, yeah, you have to say yeah, yeah. well no, as, I to say about Robbie Nielsen's Robbie liked to tackle so it's, well, it's very difficult for Robbie as, to see a tackle any tackle as a red card as somebody said off air um, it's uh, Robbie Nielsen was speaking very much from the perspective of a man that knows that Cammy Devlin has got one of them in him later on this <laughs> yeah. season so I think um, Robbie uh, yeah covered Robbie's team for a long time and the man um, is not daft and um, knows that uh, it's a small world and there will be a challenge <laughs> like that from a Hearts player later this season and he um, so yeah no, and he's also very friendly with, with Liam Fox so um, that's uh, what, what he really thinks about the challenge who, who knows but he's, he's, no, he's no daft in what he said yeah and I think the appeal was one of these for the players sake United had to do it but I sort of thought well there's enough there's enough there for them to say no yeah, okay. It's, all, uh, it's you know, like, like you say, if they don't, if they don't absolutely have to overturn a decision, which yeah. I understand, they were so vehement yeah. after the game with Liam Fox basically saying we will absolutely appeal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether he'd spoken to the club's hierarchy at that point <laughs> or what. But once Liam comes out and says that, then the club basically have to appeal, and it's 
I hesitate to use the word only, but I think uh, I forget whether it's five hundred pounds or a grand. But mm-hmm. it's not uh, life changing. No it's sum of money. It's a sum of money that you don't really want going out the door, obviously. But um, it's uh, it's not a you know it's not a, a club defining amount of money. So it's almost worth that if you think yeah. that Ryan Edwards might be the difference to getting I through. Think as well, yeah. if you know, if something's worse in your favour, if you need to have another player sent off as well. And and you've appealed mm, one and you've yeah. lost. You you can only sort of lose so many appeals. I think they went by one. Yeah. I always get the feeling they sit there and go, well, you know, they didn't win it last time. Maybe we'll we'll give them it this time. Mm, yeah. I, I, I was, I was, I was, it's one of those ones that's sort of fifty fifty. They're around the table because that's what they must do. They must sit around the table. What do you think? What do you think? We'll have a vote. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a complete it's an independent yeah. three person fast track panel and they just yeah they they talk it they look at it and they talk it out so um, it's an I mean, interesting it point. Follow the old SFA tradition of <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you what do you, what do you oh you all think the same? But I think this. <laughs> <laughs> always used to be a chairman of these committees and things like that. Who, I'll tell you what we're doing. Thanks for your opinions. Put them in the bin. But it's funny, I hadn't really considered <laughs> saying that, but it's it's interesting that, you know, whether it plants the seed that Dundee United are a club that will fight any mm-hmm. uh, even minuscule yeah. perceived injustice, whether it, you know, whether these these things are all, you know. Yeah, maybe it was... Could be a £1,000 well yeah. spent or £500 well spent <laughs> in the long run. Also, do you not have to... As a senior player, your captain, you have to back your man. Yeah. And you? it's maybe worth the gamble just to... If maybe even if you don't fully expect to get to win that appeal, that you've got a chance to get your player back in that pitch for, for those two games. Yeah, and it's, it's easy, but as long as you don't, I mean, these things can, if you appeal every red card, somebody who deserves to have their appeal upheld is going to get is going to get dismissed because they're like, oh, they've done it again. But as long as you're not doing it every time you get a mm. red card. Mm. The, 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 you can plant a seed there at times, and but as I say, it was probably something they felt they had to do that might not bring success, which it didn't. And what's what's it he gets in a two game ban? Two game ban. Two game ban. Immediate, irrespective of competition. So he'll miss uh, Kilmarnock and St Johnston. And that's, that's not quite, the worst then if if he's missing a cup game. Obviously, the, the league's one hundred percent. I also think. I also think that's the one position that they do have a degree of depth in, in the sense that Charlie Mulgrew is a very good central pivot defender with not a great deal of pace. That's Ryan Edwards' role, heart of defence, mm. pivot centre-half mm-hmm. in a three with not a great deal of pace. So they have Charlie that can come in and do that. And I'd quite like to see, personally, I'd like to see Loy Kaina come into the side. And you know, I think this is a good chance in a cup match. Obviously, yeah. you, you want to go through, but good chance to see what he's got obviously before he sadly lost his job last night um, Mark Fotheringham spoke really really highly of him in terms of um, his pace and physicality and he's not going to probably say that he's a bad player but at the same time he just sounded like exactly what Dundee United mm-hmm. have needed in a centre half for quite a long time so with Ryan Edwards out this seems like a pretty good time to have a look at him I would do wouldn't it rather than sort of throwing him in at the deep end and he's untested in a, in a high pressure situation mm-hmm. against St Johnston or against Ross County or Motherwell somewhere down the line eh? yep. so you, you, it, is, it is an opportunity well I'd like to thank you all for ruining my rather imaginative segue that I got halfway through about how sometimes you do things that you feel you have to do and you don't expect uh, the desired outcome because I was going to switch tack here and go Tony Asgard breaks his silence after the Asgard out banner at Kilmarnock last week. And really, 
he said all the things that he had to say, but will it change fans' minds? I'm not entirely sure he said anything of any particular substance to satisfy Dundee United fans, to be perfectly honest. What, um, what, what do you say in that situation? Once, if they hate you for a, a period or forever, that's the way it is, isn't it? I just think it's the fact that he's done an interview with internal club media and he's obviously got prior sight of the questions, yet I don't think the answers to the questions were massively convincing or... In depth, it's probably more in depth that's the the problem. Um, case in point, discussing Tony Watt's departure, saying some people have called it a gamble, which um, we did in print, um, yeah. <laughs> and then kind of trails off and doesn't go on to explain why it wasn't actually a gamble. That's not overly reassuring. Um, he seemed to cut himself off when he was going to say something slightly more in depth about mm. the Tony Watt situation, but ended up just saying um, the player wanted to play football. Well, if that's this, if that is this be all and end all, then um, <laughs> so be it. But you still need to look after your club, and um, without getting a replacement, it still doesn't look um, ideal um, in terms of the, the yeah. The, there wasn't a real justification for the the lack of recruitment. I think some fans would have perhaps preferred if, for example, there wasn't a budget there. Just to say, listen, we yeah. weren't in a position to do business this January. I don't think fans will run about with their hair on fire and say, "Oh my God, we're you know the ship's sinking" or anything. It's just you know mm. I think they would. Pref it was a lot of addressing the criticism, but not explaining why certain not things happened. The problems. Yeah, why certain things happened or why certain things didn't happen. Um, so, I, if I were a Dundee United fan wouldn't be massively reassured by it um, and I think there would have been potentially better ways to to go about it um, in terms of not feeling quite like the questions had been pre-vetted yeah. and I, I don't think um, you know I really like the guys over at Dundee United TV so I don't want this to sound like I'm taking a you mm -hmm. know a, a shot at them because nothing could be further from the truth but the optics of that are just what they are. Yeah. Like we're not inventing that. The, the optics are that if you do eight minutes with club TV, that is not a grilling. And fans, rightly or wrongly, want to see Tony Ascot and so some you know maybe wide more wide ranging questions going all the way back to Jack Ross to recruitment to mm -hmm. the financial situation to the Tony Watt situation, um, and a degree of depth because as I say, rightly or wrongly he is the main character in currently for Dundee United. Mm. He is the name on the banners. Um, so whether you appreciate the job he's done, and I think it is really remiss to forget the three years previous to this season, where it's been unmitigated progress, absolutely undeniable. But there's no getting away from the fact that he is currently the main character in terms of fury and ire from the stands. And I feel a wee bit sorry that it's, in terms of open media, that it's only... Liam Fox that's answering these questions yeah. because he is very limited in what he can say and is he really the man to be answering questions about um, in-depth recruitment strategy? Well, he's and the I head coach, isn't he? Yeah. Does, does he have any say in terms of... He, oh, he'll have a say yeah. and he, he never shirks these questions and he'll, he'll, he'll talk up his own impact but um, I think he is... Um, being very professional and fulfilling a role um, when he does that. Whereas I'm not sure these are the questions that he fields. And, 
you know, we see the, you know, we see Twitter. You know, we, the reaction he gets when he answers these questions mm. can be so negative and so harsh. And I think he's put in an impossible position because I'm not entirely sure what it is he's supposed to say half the time. But in in lieu of speaking to anyone else, he is the man to answer these questions. So um, I think I, Tony had to do something. Um, and I'm not going. I'm not going to criticise him for doing something. You know, he has done something. Fair enough. Absolutely. You know, we said that he should probably speak. He has spoken. Um, I don't think it's allayed many fears. I think that would be would be fair to say that. Is it one of these situations, guys, where the only thing you know about doing that is do nothing won't be good. You don't expect you don't expect things to per get particularly, if at all, better by speaking out. But I think, as Alan says, there's always going to be that thing. When, when times are bad, don't go through your own organisation no. because it's immediately you get the accusation of propaganda. He might not have said anything different if Alan had grilled him, which he would have grilled him. Have you been <laughs> George Foreman grill standard grill? <laughs> if, George, if you want to sponsor us, we're available. Um, but the point being... It's up, it's, up to, it's up to a person and anybody, politician, football manager, football director, anything in that situation, back yourself to withstand the difficult mm. questions and, and say what you want to say. Uh, because immediately you do it through your own, at times very valuable media team, punters are going to say, oh, well, yeah. they never asked them the hard questions. But I do think that, you know, the punters who actually will be standing behind that banner and they're shouting Ashgar out are in the minority term. What, oh, they, yeah, the, the vast majority of fans only want to go up on a Saturday to see their team winning mm -hmm. games. They're not interested in anything else. They will be having an eye on the background and what they'll think is Ashgar has come out and spoken without actually having a look at what he said. Yeah. But he, you mm. know, he has spoken so let's, let's actually, actually move on. You know, so at the end of the day if it's not Tony Ashgar who's, if it's Ashgar out who's in there? It's still got to be Mark yeah. Aldrin appoint yeah. somebody that he trusts to take take the take the rain, you know. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, we've been here before, but it doesn't not just football, you know. When when media outlets try to get try to get their own interviews and they don't get them, and you know their stage managed effectively, um, but I think that's always way it's going to be. And like, on the wider on the wider debate in terms of the banner and tone, you know, ask her out and all that sort of thing, I just don't think you can have a wide perspective on that until this season has concluded because this has been a massively disappointing eight months with quite a few missteps on quite a few areas. However, Dundee United have not been relegated. Dundee United are not an administration. This hasn't been a disaster. Dundee United yeah. starting 11 is a good side, a really good premiership side. And you see that with the way they yeah. play sometimes. So there have been a lot of pitfalls and a lot of missteps, but I do think it's only fair in the, the interest of balance to point out that come the end of the season, Dundee United could finish eighth in the Premiership, reach, say, the Scottish Cup semi-final, and this January have balanced the wage bill after a slight overspend and some unforeseen costs last summer. That's quite good corporate management. That's not, that it's not a great season, but it's far from a sack your, support, your sporting director mm -hmm. season. So... While I do, I the they took over. yeah. So I appreciate the the anger and never ever um, criticise supporters for the, the way they feel. It, in the interest of balance, it is only fair to point out that 
there is a, another way that mm-hmm. this season ends. And see, come the end of this season, that'll be the point for post-mortems because that, that will be the tangible, measurable goal of this season. And if it's a relegation season and all this has happened, at that point, uh, from a purely performance metric, you question everyone's position, everyone that played a part in it. But there's also a different way this season finishes, which is, while not super, um, is is far from a, a sackable disaster. So there will be an element of having to see how this season plays out. I have to say, lads, even if United were to go down this season, it would be... Nobody's too good to go down, and that would be proof of that, but it would be, be quite a strange one. Because very often, most relegations, or very many relegations... You can see coming, last time United were relegated at the end of the Jackie McNamara era, you could really see that coming from the end of, end of January the season before. That's when the slump started. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that came on the black as selling... Yeah, the best players. Yeah. Like Gary McKay, Steven and, and Armstrong, uh-huh. I think Chief Chi went as well, somewhere down the line. Yeah, know. and there, there was a few issues about sort of wage structure yeah. and the manager and everything like that. And you, and you could actually, especially when you were... You could, you could see, it, see yeah, the, right, the right. declining mood... Within the, in in the place, this this one would be a no one really saw that coming. You know, it looked like they'd re-established themselves mm-hmm. in the in as a good solid Premier League team, <laughs> and it's just. But I think it's testament to the Premier League time. If you yeah. take your eye off the ball, uh-huh. you, I mean, it's fine margins. The majority of teams in there can beat most of the teams in there. <laughs> there, are, there are a couple of exceptions, obviously, um, but if you're off it. You, we will find yourself at the bottom of the, the bottom of the pack, and that's where the United are at this moment. Bam, but Alan, I think they do have do have the quality there, but it could just be a couple of injuries, a couple of suspensions, mm-hmm. and things go the wrong way. So you know, my, my big concern to... is that Kilmarnock game that we were speaking about it before the came on air. Alan, the the performance in that game is hugely. Uh, concerning, I would yeah. say, because that a was a like massive. That. Dundee have got that half hour of inactivity yeah. of them. Yeah. United, United have got that performance where they can compete with anybody. But you mm-hmm. worry that in a game coming up, well, was the Kilmarnock it, yeah. game rears its head again. I've seen it plenty in teams that get relegated. I'm, I'm more, well. Talking more about more about the teams across the road <laughs> or the team across the road. No, don't um, I'm Queen of the South, <laughs> You've seen them they, get relegated. Yeah. Uh, where they play really well against the good teams and mm-hmm. get beat, and then they play against the teams in the bottom and they don't play well yeah. and they get beat. At this moment in time, that performance is the exception to the rule yeah. after the World Cup at, for this moment. Um, and also while Liam Fox and everyone at United were loath to talk about the pitch in advance or anything like that, games at Rugby Park have been odd this season. You know, it's the I think it's of the, Kilmarnock's yeah. of Kilmarnock's twenty three points, I think twenty one of them have been at Rugby Park. It's yeah. you know, it's it's crazy. So there are mitigating factors to that, but um at the moment, that was the exception to the rule, but it was dire. There's mm-hmm. no getting away from that. And everybody within Dundee United recognised it was dire. Kilmarnock racked up a, an XG of like three, which is was, it's high, high for a, a fellow relegation mm-hmm. candidate. Didn't you, didn't you say, yeah, I, I'm still trying to work out what point one of a goal is. Yeah. They, they <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, in short, Dundee United should have got battered at Rugby Park. Um, so, but, yeah, can't be having that again. Uh, evidently mm, yeah. and we'll see what this run of fixtures brings because um, it's a big one and 
not getting too worried about a run of games that included Rangers, Celtic and Hearts, but I will be getting exceptionally worried if they go out the cup at home to Kilmarnock and then don't pick up enough points against St Johnson and Ross County. That is when you start to worry. And sadly, to finish on a sombre note this week, guys, and it's maybe it's part of reaching the age of it's seems to be happening too often but another passing to comment on and it is just Billy Thompson former United goalkeeper brief spell as a goalkeeper at Dundee also member of the coaching staff at Dundee when I actually got to know him even better than I did when he was at United just at the age of 64 uh, stylish stylish goalkeeper and a classy classy human being just tragic to think he's no longer with us uh, absolutely, Tom. Uh, and you know, it's a real shock. You always, I can still see Billy in the goal because he was distinctive with the tracksuit bottoms and the socks tucked in, and a big, big fit-looking guy, long arms, long good, legs. Good-looking boy. Quality. And when he was when he was coach at Dundee, yeah. about age forty, he didn't look any yeah, older quality, than he was when he was at St. Keeper, in his like, early twenties. Obviously, that his stats will, will back that up. But he also has left a legacy. I was reading a piece. Uh, I think it was your own piece on just how he touched. He touched other clubs where he's coaching. I mean, we're going to a lot of keepers. He has been involved in bringing through so many other mm-hmm. top keepers. Guys like Rab Douglas was was there. You know, you've got you've got uh, Derek, Derek Suter, Jamie, Jamie Langfield. Langfield. You've got Alan Coomey. He, he, he coached him. You've got Jamie, Alan McGregor, Jamie McDonald, who's a top keeper. Mm-hmm. I really like Jamie McDonald. I know he's playing in the lower, but he's been involved in Scottish mm-hmm. football. Right through his career in the background, helping helping all these guys come through to go on go on to better things. When you command the respect of a yeah. guy like Stefan Kloss, then yes. <laughs> what a well, Champions League yeah. winner, you know. Lovely, lovely keeper, but just just a quiet man who got on about his own his own his own business. And my own person, there've been loads of tributes this week, Hamish Heartfelt tribute, but lots of lovely tributes. But for me, the one thing I'll always remember about Billy Thompson is the day he absolutely broke Dundee supporters' hearts in the Scottish Cup semi-final at Tynecastle. He, uh, honestly, he was the, the reason that Dungeon United went on John to the Brown final shot. that day. It was a free kick, I think, Tom. I was going to come on to that. It was a free kick, John Brown. Uh, um, and honestly, without a word of a lie, it looked like it was beyond him. It was one of those ones, It's you think it's beyond him, and he's clawed it out mm. with, you know, one of these great big telescopic arms he had and put it around the post. But the, the overall performance that day, it was a, it was a fantastic game. Um, United won the match 3-2 but he was the reason United went through to that final that day and uh, yeah a real sad loss at 64 and a guy who always I mean he's remembered for all the good times at United in particular at Dundee Rangers I think it was Kilmarnock as well elsewhere a guy who was not always treated brilliantly mm-hmm. the, the, his, his departure from the two clubs here yeah. the two clubs uh, don't come out of it mm-hmm. in glorious terms never heard them no, say I never heard them say no. a bad word he, yeah. he, he dignified yeah. an absolute gentleman and a guy that could always greet and you with a he smile was, he was one of these guys as well that you know he never got involved with opposition fans or anything like that mm. and I, you know I mean there's a lot of United goalkeepers who I could name that I won't that Dundee fans love to hate but Billy Thompson certainly wasn't one of them and I think it's difficult um, when you're I think it's easier if you're taking over and go from someone, if you're taking over someone who maybe hasn't been that great, it's an easier situation. He was taken yeah. over from a Tannadice mm-hmm. yeah. legend. You yeah, know. He took over from their greatest ever goalkeeper yeah. who was still 
a very yes. good, if crazy goalkeeper, as yeah. Alan's, yeah. Alan's piece with Hamish alluded to. to, to I mean, Billy was a nice, gentle guy, but he obviously had a steal about him mm-hmm. because a bit like D.V. Moyes taking over from Alec Ferguson in Tannery's terms, mm-hmm. next to someone taking over from Jim McLean, to take over from Hamish McAlpine yeah. is a that's, big, big challenge. That's kind of half the reason I, I was quite keen to speak to, to Hamish because... Mm-hmm. You know, if it was about longevity or how long a player spent with uh, with Billy, then you obviously you go to Morris Malpass or you maybe speak to Heggie, something like that. You know, there's plenty of other players, but it was such a fascinating aspect of Billy Thompson's Dundee United story that he came in for for Hamish, and you know Hamish spoke so warmly about the the rivalry, and it was very clear that there were such different people, <laughs> such different goalkeepers. However, the respect was absolutely there, and when asked if you know, Hamish had any thoughts of, you know, whether this lad's ready to come in for you, how will he do, blah, blah. He's not, you know, not a, an ounce of doubt. It's like, Hamish would have loved to keep the gloves. Of course he would have. He was a competitive soul, but he, he knew Billy was ready. He knew Billy would rise to the challenge and that, that speaks that speaks volumes to him. And it was, um, I can only echo what the guys have said. He's, he, is, he is slightly, slightly before, you know, my time, but um, the, the, the tributes have been, heartfelt and warm and yeah it's just sad that we've clearly lost a a nice warm decent genuine man and a very talented coach who hell at 64 probably still had something to give in terms of bringing on generations of goalkeepers so um it's uh yeah a a sad loss for sad loss for the city aye and just maybe you make a finish on a cheery note i think uh, hamish probably had a big a lot to do with billy taken over from him because as he alluded to in your uh, article Alan he must never played in goal during the week <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't have got him a play in goal except on match day he was always he was always playing outside if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to thetelly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs> <laughs>